So it's Saturday, 28th of August, 2021. And this time now is the time for us to train our minds. These jittas, these minds, elements which receive sensory experiences. And so we see that um, we have thoughts that go on. And sometimes these thoughts give orders uh, to our brain, such as ordering it to, for the body to walk. So that order gets sent to the brain, and then the brain sends that signal through the body, and then the body uh, follows those orders. And it's the same when we speak, when we sit, when we lay down, when we laugh, that the mind receives these uh, sensory experiences and it sends orders to the brain. But we also see that sometimes there are problems with people's brains. Uh, maybe they've had a stroke or an aneurysm and some part of the brain has been disrupted or even has been damaged uh, because of that. And so the mind gives the order for the body to move, to walk, but it doesn't do that as smoothly, as conveniently as it did before. And that's due to the deterioration or the damage that's been done to some parts of the brain, or sometimes they've been destroyed altogether. And if the part of the brain that is responsible for sending signals through the nerves to parts of the bodies um, is damaged uh, and that's not um, usable anymore, then even though we have a mind and we have a body, then we're not able to perform those functions. And in that case, we can see clearly that this body isn't me, that the mind and the body are two separate things. But if the mind gives these orders and our body just follows uh, the wishes that we have, then we'll understand that the body and the mind are one and the same thing. Uh, but sometimes maybe um, some parts of the body have gone completely numb and we're not able to move them. But still, through the delusion that's there within the mind, within this knowing element, we gain the understanding that it's my arm, I'm not able to move my arm. So this attachment to self is something that is stuck very firmly in the mind. And so sometimes the mind it experiences uh, more and more of these um, sensory impressions. And maybe there isn't much peace there in the mind. It can be very scattered, uh, very chaotic. And when it experiences more and more these sensory impressions, more and more of these emotions, um, then problems can arise within the mind. And these problems can come back and have an impact on the body as well. Or it's also possible the other way around, that maybe there are imbalances in the chemicals of the body, uh, problems within the bodily system, and this thing goes and affects the mind. 
And that's because our minds are lacking energy. If they have that energy, then they'll be able to separate themselves out from this body and see that they're two separate things. So it's really important for us to train our minds. And sometimes many different feelings can come up within the mind. We can just feel completely fed up with meditation practice. We can feel really discouraged. We don't want to chant. We don't want to sit. We don't want to walk. We don't want to recite Buddha, Dhammo, Sangha anymore. And it's normal for us to feel this way. This is something that's natural. And so we should understand that this is a mood. And these moods are something that are very normal for our minds, for our hearts to experience. There are these moods of attraction, moods of aversion, uh, somanasa, domanasa, maybe anxiety. And these are all just natural, natural for the mind to experience these things. And these things all have their own nature to them. But if we don't train our minds, then our minds will always be chasing after these emotions, always be running after them, and then they become interwoven with these sensory experiences and with these moods. And perhaps we follow after these moods and these impulses and keep following them, and over time they turn into habits. So this Pali word, avijja, we could translate it as delusion, but we could also translate it as habit. That avijja is the habit to cling, to attach to all things. And so we may do good actions, good karma, or we may do bad karma. And when we're doing this, what we're doing is creating habits. And through our actions of body, speech, and mind. And then these habits, um, they go very deeply into the heart. And there's the vibhaka kama, the results of that kama, which is stored there within the heart. And so even arahants um, still haven't abandoned all of their vibhaka kama. And there was one Arahant who was a Brahmin for many, many lives. And he had the disposition to shout at other people. And even when he had attained to the Dhamma, he still kept that disposition to shout. And so we see that, um, that this is how it is, that even though the mind and the sense impressions are separate things. And so for us in this world, we all have attachment and we need to be very cautious around that, cautious around what we do, what our actions are. And maybe we just act or speak following the moods that arise within our minds. And this may cause harm to ourselves it may harm other people. And perhaps it causes us to act in immoral ways. We may take the lives of other beings or damage their lives. We may take other people's wealth for ourselves. 
We may take other people's loved ones or say things which are not true or take intoxicants. And all of these are habits as well. So we need to be really cautious around these things and try to abandon them. And there are also these very old habits within our hearts, the habits of ignorance and craving and clinging. So we need to train these minds. And we see that the mind, in its untrained state, is chaotic. And before we started meditating, um, when we first come to meditate, um, even five minutes can be an impossible task. We just close our eyes and the mind's just agitated, full of heat. And if we leave our eyes open, then we don't notice that. But it's when we close them that we feel like the mind's on fire. And so what this shows us is that this hot mind is hell. Hell is heat. And if our minds are cool, then they're in a good state. And they're full of joy, they're at ease. And this is a good kind of power or energy within the mind. An energy which is useful for mental cultivation. And so we need to engage in this and training our minds. And then sometimes the mind does fall, and this is normal. So perhaps we are separated from the people that we love. And maybe the both of us still have our lives, but we are separated from each other. So there may be sadness that comes up. Because when uh, we were together, then there was happiness of heart. And so it's just natural to have these kinds of feelings. But for practitioners, those who cultivate their minds, what we do is we look at these feelings which occur within the heart. And we look to see how they change. Are there something that arise and cease? We see how, how these feelings, they're just this way. They're just like this. So we have this mindfulness to know this nature of arising and ceasing, just like how we know the arising and ceasing of the breath. And so this, this knowing, this feeling of knowing, this is mindfulness that's present within the heart. And so we know this breath, we know the in-breath and the out-breath. Now the breath comes in, then it, there's a short pause, and then there's the out-breath. And it's that short pause in between the in-breath and the out-breath that's very difficult to observe. And for myself, during my uh, fourth year as a monk, uh, my body and mind were in a very bright and light state, in upajara samadhi. And other than when I was asleep, um, I would have constant mindfulness, and my mind felt empty. And I wasn't sleeping very much. Um, if you include both the day and the night, it was just five hours, at most five and a half hours. But when I went to sit in meditation on the small flat platform that I was sitting on, um, there was this occasional sound that would occur, this kind of creaking sound. And I was sitting and my mind was peaceful. But then this creaking sound would, would uh, happen every now and then. 
So when there was the in-breath and I was aware of that, but I also noticed that there was a very short pause there uh, before the beginning of the out-breath. And in that short pause, my mind fell into the bawanga state for just a very short period of time. It was very quick that it fell into that state. So sometimes we're not able to notice this short pause between the breaths, but we shouldn't worry about that. In that case, we can just watch the in-breath and the out-breath, the coming and going. And we train our minds so that they gain this inner energy, so we gain encouragement. And we may at times become disheartened within the meditation practice. But in these cases, we should think to ourselves, what is it that is awaiting for us? What's um, waiting for us right ahead? And it's separation. It's old age. It's old age that leads on to pain. This is what's awaiting us. And um, before death, there can be a lot of pain. Um, and if we don't train our minds, then it's possible for problems to arise. So we should reflect that it's really not easy to meet with the teachings of the Buddha. That if he didn't cultivate his parami for a very long time, then we wouldn't have this opportunity to meet with the Dhamma. We can ask ourselves, well, in this life, what is it that we want? What is it that we're seeking out? What is it that we get? And do we see this? All the people who are born into this world, what do they get? So we observe these feelings. If there's dejection or a feeling of discouragement, then this is yet another Dhamma. This is a quality, a quality on the side of laziness. But it's just a quality all the same. And so there are these skillful emotions, skillful moods, and unskillful moods. But these are all just qualities in the mind. So we should have mindfulness and know this. Know these feelings, how they arise and cease. They're of the nature to be this way. And we tell ourselves it's just normal for it to be like this. These things are normal. They're perfectly normal. And have mindfulness there, knowing. Establish our samadhi. And then when we gain a clear understanding into the nature of these moods, we see that the mind is one thing and the moods are something else. We may listen to the teachings of the great teachers, and they explain this very clearly. But it's only when we actually practice with a peaceful mind that we see this clearly for ourselves, that, ah, it is this way. That when the mind is peaceful, it's still like this. And so even though there's sensory experience happening, the mind has this inner stillness. So Lumpucha gave the simile of it being like still flowing water. So these sensory experiences are flowing on, but the mind is still within that. So we've all seen flowing water before, we've all seen still water before, 
But still flowing water is something we have yet to see. But it's possible for us to observe this within our own hearts, that even though there's thinking, even though there are these sense experiences, um, the mind still has this, this inner stillness. So when we see things like this, um, then we see that the path of practice is this way, that this is the method, this is the way to get ourselves free, get to get ourselves out of chaos, of confusion, to get ourselves out of the state where we don't have much faith, to gain energy. So we also need to understand that at times in the practice um, that our mindfulness is, it does lack energy, that we have insufficient energy. And at those points we need to just know that that's what's going on and bring up this power of forbearance. And so we can bring up that mindfulness and we can also do different activities. We can go out and exercise, but exercise mindfully. Or we can do some of our duties. We can sweep the house, we can mop, uh, clean in different ways, and maintain our mindfulness through these activities. And so we take this as being a form of exercising our body as well. And perhaps we can also do something that brings up some happiness in our hearts. Maybe we can draw, Maybe we can study a new subject, or we can sculpt a Buddha image, something that gives us this sense of inner joy. And so we can take up a hobby and do these mindfully. And then when we have regained our inner energy, we can come back to the practice again. So we shouldn't be afraid of discouragement, of feeling disheartened but rather just tell ourselves that it's normal, it's normal that these things are here, that the mind is this way, that it's this fight that's going on between the kilesas and our mindfulness or the path. And so when our minds have energy, then the defilements, they retreat. But when our energy drops, then the defilements um, win. But we shouldn't become discouraged at these points, but rather carry on with this training. So when we recollect the Buddha and there's joy that arises in the heart, and we should just carry on recollecting this then, these good qualities of the Buddha, like how we chant Itipiso Bhagawa Arahan, and we just carry on recollecting the Buddha's great purity. And we can think, well, who was able to do this? In all the three worlds, was there anyone who could attain through their own efforts, who could bring their minds to purity? Was there anyone who was able to do this? You can think about our good fortune, how much merit we have to meet with the Buddha and meet with his Dhamma. And how if we didn't know about this Dhamma, well, how could we progress? How could we develop? You see how in the present day, the things can be in such a confused and chaotic state. And people are creating all kinds of kama. 
And if they have a lot of ignorance, craving and attachment, um, then when they pass away, they may get reborn as animals or even fall into hell. If they develop a lot of goodness, a lot of merit, then they may go to heaven. But if we're going to boil these things down or kind of gather them all together, then we can see this happening right within the present moment. How in the space of just one day, the mind can go between heaven and hell. It can be born as a hungry ghost or it can be born as an animal. It can go through all these different realms in the space of just one day within just this one mind. So when Lumpur Cha was staying with Lumpur Ginnery, he was watching uh, red ants and black ants fight against each other. And he was cheering on the various sides. And Lumpur Ginnery came along and said, Oh, you've gone up to heaven. No, drop down to hell. And what this meant, what he meant by this, was that this happens within the heart. That the mind can go so quickly between these states. So we should train these minds because it's really not easy for us to have met with the Buddha. You see how much compassion the Lord Buddha had for all of us. And that he freed his mind from the defilements and brought it to a state of purity. Then had this kindness and compassion to teach the fundamentals of the practice for all of us to understand. And so one of these teachings was about noble wealth. And so this is the wealth of generosity, the wealth of virtue, and the wealth of meditation. These are all forms of noble wealth. And he told us about them. And so this is a kind of wealth that it can't disappear from us, it can't be taken from us. It's a wealth which is far away from enemies. And when our minds see the Dhamma, then they turn noble themselves. And then the mind dwells far away from the defilements, far away from these enemies. It becomes well established, firmly established in virtue. And so sometimes in the practice, we may get depressed, we may feel discouraged. Perhaps we're in a cold country and these feelings can come up. Or maybe we're in a very hot place and it's been hot for many, many days. And so there's agitation and anger can come up very easily. Or maybe it's been raining for many days on end. We haven't seen the light of the sun and the mind can fall into depression. And we see how People who live in cold countries in the winter, it's been cold for many days, and that problems can crop up in the body and in the mind very easy. So we need to train these minds so that we can give rise to a sense of joy, to a delight in the Dhamma. But if we're not yet able to do that, then we can find other um, skillful means. Perhaps we can listen to some music or watch a movie that uh, lifts up our mood. But while we're doing this, we also have mindfulness there, knowing why we're doing these things. And then when 
our nervous system feels a bit more relieved, a bit more at ease, then we can carry on with our meditation practice. And then we have mindfulness, contemplating the nature of change, of all conditioned phenomena, all of these sankharas. We can also think how fortunate we are to still have life, to still have this breath. And so what's left of our life, we should use that to study the Dhamma, so that this Dhamma can appear within our hearts. And if we haven't yet reached any special or noble state, then we should try to give rise to those um, through walking this path of sila, samadhi, and panya. So we should all set our hearts on this, train and practice in this way consistently. Always be developing good karma, and then through that there will be good vipaka karma, the results of this will come up. So we make sure our actions of body, speech, and mind are good through generosity, virtue, and meditation. And this is what will lead us out of suffering. If we create bad habits, however, through body, speech, and mind, then this will also have its results. And these results will push the mind into more and more suffering. And when it's like that, then it's very easy for the heart to fall into these states of woe. And even though we may have a lot of external wealth, but there may not be any good qualities to the heart. And in that case, it's a lot of suffering. So we should set our hearts on this training, on this practice, giving rise to inner brightness and joy. And having an awareness over our minds, bringing up this mindfulness. And sometimes our minds, they can think about many, many different things. Really, they can think about anything at all. It's possible for them to think about everything. They may think about harming ourselves or harming other people. And if they're angry, it's possible for them to think about these things. And so we really need to be cautious of the mind when it's in that, that kind of state. And so may all of you be firmly established in generosity, in virtue, and in meditation.